The Money Podcast with your hosts, Justin Harrison and David Bester. Money, 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 money. Let's talk about money. Back in 2020, we had negative oil prices. Now oil prices are through the roof. Fuel prices are obviously up because of it, and all of us are feeling the pinch. The price of groceries are going up. Basically, everything is going up, Justin. So let's start with the basics. Explain how petrol cycles work. Look, I think the first thing we need to explain to people is that the price of fuel can actually be negative. Oil prices can be negative. You know, when I tell people this, they are just absolutely flabbergasted. So let's maybe lead in with that, Darby. Maybe you can just explain negative oil pricing because some people just can't believe this. Well, basically, to put this in simple terms, it costs the oil refineries money or oil drillers money to actually drill the, the oil out, right? But what happened was in these negative pricing is they got charged to go remove the oil because there was less demand. That creates a situation where the oil companies not only make a loss, but now they have to pay other companies as well to go remove the oil barrels. And store it, which, and is, store it, which yes. is an even bigger problem, right? So. Look, I mean, if you look back historically on oil prices, and you can you can go look at the charts, you can go look at the at the historical graphs on this. Oil is very cyclical, and it comes down to a very basic thing: supply and demand. The world moves in cycles. There are times when there's more demand. There is time when there's less demand. And there's a lot of things that can come into that in terms of variables. You know, there could be wars. There could be geopolitical tensions. There's a lot of factors that play into it. But let's oversimplify it. The fact of the matter is when there is an excessive demand, the price is going to go up. When there is not a lot of demand, the price is going to drop. And so the thing is when it comes to petrol pricing or any fuel pricing, you're basically going to have cycles. This is just the way the market works. So I've got a great analogy when it comes to that. You know when you go to the gym, those exercise bicycles, but um, the digital ones? Yeah. When you go sit on them, you've got these programs that you can use, right, or that you can start. And some of them are just straight line. You cycle a straight line. And and one is rolling hills. Have you ever seen that one? Yeah, we're on the rolling hills now. Yes, exactly. That makes me think of petrol cycles. And that, that is the perfect way to actually visualize petrol cycles. Because if you look at the history of oil, it looks like rolling hills. So when you pedal on the bicycle when you, and you go up the hill, it's excruciating pain. You know, you feel the pain in your thighs, everything. And as you get to the top, as you start going down, you feel this sigh of relief. You Freewheeling. Know? Yes. And that is exactly the same thing with oil. When oil goes up, everyone feels the pinch. And when, you start, and when it goes down, it becomes less expensive and you can travel again you know the only difference between um, the rolling hills analogy and the oil prices is with a bicycle you can actually see the top and you can actually see the bottom with oil prices unfortunately you know it's going to be there you just don't know when look i also do believe there is a lot of price manipulation in the oil uh, industry this dates all the way back to you know going to the 70s with opec opec took very strategic decisions to try and control the pricing of oil you know they they try to position it as being good for for the global economy to stabilize the price of oil. But we all know it's about it's, it's about controlling the inflow of the petrol dollar. And so I do believe there is a lot of market manipulation around oil. I also believe the other thing that we need to be very aware of right now is that there is a very strategic geopolitical tension around the petrodollar. A lot of countries are wanting to move away from the dollar as the default base currency for fuel. And I think this is something else that is adding to the tensions around fuel pricing. So all of this, of course, is adding to the tension around petrol pricing at the moment. But then, Davi, there's a big one that we need to talk about. And you know that I'm super passionate about this. For those of you who are hearing my voice here, you've probably heard my voice somewhere else before as well. But that is petrol 
taxes, fuel taxes. And by the way, you went viral on that one. You put you not one. You actually went viral on a few videos on TikTok, Justin. So I was I was explaining this earlier to someone, and I was sitting in my in my house, and my mother-in-law sends me a message on WhatsApp, and she sits in Namibia, and there I open the WhatsApp, and it's actually you talking there. It's one of your videos that went viral. So let's talk about those videos that went viral because obviously that struck a chord with a lot of people, and that is the government tax on petrol. So first of all, I need to say this is not something that is unique to South Africa. Most governments around the world have some form of taxation on their fuel, right? And it's completely acceptable and understandable that governments use the taxation collected on fuel to fund some of the public works programs, you know, be it be it the roads, you know, be it different uh, public works programs that are basically going to support the public transport infrastructure. So that's that's widely accepted. The problem that I have with our taxation system on fuel here in South Africa is is very deep. But first of all, let's talk about the actual taxation itself because this is something that not a lot of people know. Davi, for every one liter of fuel that you put into your car, seven rand 39 goes directly to government in the form of taxation. Seven rand 39 of every liter goes directly to government in the form of taxation, yeah, and that's aside of aside from the taxes and VAT you pay already. <laughs> well, I didn't want to. I don't want to get there yet because you know I just need people to have that number in mind. Next time you pull up to a Bowser and you're about to put in petrol, remember that for every one liter you're giving government seven rand thirty nine. Now I don't actually have a problem with that taxation per se, but what I have a problem with is the number of times that we taxed on the way to the pump. So we're paying income tax, we're paying sales tax, well corporate tax we, to start off with. You're paying vehicle licensing fees. You're paying toll fees. There's so many additional taxes that you're paying before you actually get to the pump. And so this is just another form of taxation. And I've said this many times before. I think the most fairest form of taxation is a consumption-based tax. I would actually be in favor of the government raising the taxation on fuel and doing away with all other forms of taxation because then every person in this country would equitably contribute to the taxation in this country based on their level of consumption. And I think that would be the most economically viable model for this country. That being said, my problem with the fuel price is two-part. Number one is that the average person does not know that they're being taxed 7 rand 39 for every liter of fuel going into their tank. They don't know that. Secondly, the fact that we're being triple, quadruple taxed on the way to the pump. And then this is the third and most important thing. The money that we're paying at the pump, we're not getting the most basic services that we're paying for. The roads have potholes in. We still have to go and pay a private toll fee to get a half-decent working road, which, by the way, those aren't even working properly. And so my problem is we're paying for things that we aren't getting. And essentially what this has become, this has become a cookie jar for government. Government is treating this as their own personal piggy bank, and it's hidden from the average consumer because when you go and you look at the breakdown of that taxation – you're going to see that a certain amount of it is put as road accident fund. Certain amounts of it is broken down as 58 different levies. Couple of cents here, couple of cents there, couple of cents there. But it all adds up to 7 Rand 39. And by the way, the road accident fund hasn't been paying out people for months. Because why? They have financial problems and they've had financial problems for 20 years. They're technically bankrupt. And this is an institution that we are contributing to every time you fill up your tank. So 
you know, this is why I made the videos on TikTok. This is why I put this content out because I believe people need to know this. And so obviously you can hear I'm pretty passionate about the subject and I'm pretty angry about but, it because but I, think, I think people need to know about it. But I think everyone is angry because everyone is feeling it in their pockets, you know, it's and, and, and it's not fair. I mean, a simple example, if you go drive across the border now to Namibia, we actually export fuel to Namibia. I mean, they buy it from South Africa. Yet, when you pay for fuel in Namibia, you pay two rand cheaper. And that's just because the tax is less than, than what it is in South Africa. Our neighboring countries, Namibia and Botswana, it is cheaper and Swaziland. It is cheaper to drive across the border and fill your tank there where the fuel comes from South Africa, is refined in South Africa, is transported from South Africa. It is cheaper to buy it across the border. Come on, guys. We have to be asking questions here. And if we're not asking these critical questions, we are not doing our duty as citizens of this country. And that's why I believe it is critically important that we start posing these uncomfortable questions. So listen, the situation is we are in a situation now where, um, well, fuel prices are ridiculous. So let's talk about that. What can the consumer do in order to save money on petrol? Okay, so look, the price of fuel is not entirely government's fault. I need to make this very clear because, and I've said this in the videos that I put out, it is not entirely government's fault. Government cannot control the fact that Russia and the Ukraine decided to go to war. They cannot control the fact that there is a global war amongst political entities over the petrodollar. That is not the South African government's it is, problem. Well, it's a commodity. It, it, it moves in cycles. And so. it's cyclical and there's all of that. So it's not the South African government's fault that the commodity is more expensive today. So that's a separate discussion altogether. So let's be reasonable and say we understand that the price has gone up. We just we also accept that we shouldn't be paying that seven Rand thirty nine per litre tax as well as paying all the other taxes. But let's come back to the reality that the price at the pump is probably not going to change tomorrow. So what can we do to save? Well, there's a couple of tips. The first thing is you should probably start looking at your vehicle that you're driving. And I know this is going to be an uncomfortable truth for a lot of South Africans to face because we are a very egocentric country when it comes to buying cars. We buy cars first with our ego, second with our logic, and especially South African males. We love to buy cars that are big, that have got big bumpers, that are heavy, and that have a big engine up front. It's a status symbol. It's a status symbol, and we have to start thinking very carefully about what we're currently driving because it is now at a point where it is just too expensive to let your ego make those decisions. We're allowing our egos to write debts that we can't afford. So first of all, look at the vehicle you're driving. We need to start seeing if it, if it doesn't make sense to drive something that's not only more fuel efficient, but possibly could cost you a lot less money every month to run. So that's option number one. The second thing you need to start thinking about is trip planning. This is something that doesn't work well for most South Africans. We just take it for granted. You want to go somewhere, you get in your car and you go, right? And I think you need to start sitting down and doing some trip planning. You know, batch your trips together, batch your errands together. Start thinking about how you run your daily trips and start trying to do as many things together as possible because what that means is you're maximizing the usage of every trip out of the home on your way to work, whatever it might be. The third thing I'm going to say, and this is also going to be very uncomfortable for a lot of South Africans, but do you know how many cars you see on the freeway that have got one person in the car? Only one person, 
Guys, it is time to start thinking about lift clubbing. It is time to start thinking about ride sharing. It is time to start thinking about sharing trips with your neighbor. This is a time to be practical. This is a time to use your brain and not your emotions. This is a time to say, listen, if I can cut my fuel bill in half, it's going to mean instead of a 5,000 rand a month fuel bill, it's going to be two and a half. Instead of a two and a half thousand rand a month fuel, it's going to be 1,250. That is a lot of money. And one simple decision to maybe give your neighbor a lift and share the fuel costs is going to make the world of difference in your budget. Well, you'll be surprised at how great that actually works if you just ask the question on Facebook. I've actually been seeing it a lot in my Facebook feed, people asking, listen here, is there anyone going from um, from this city to that city? Let me know and we can form a lift club. And all of a sudden, you just see people tagging other people where they have connections and all of a sudden, you've got a lift club. Well, Davi, I mean, it's it's gone further. I mean, most of the rideshare apps in the country now allow you to, to share the fare between three or four people so you know it makes sense share a ride share share the bill and it just makes sense in fact in many instances it's actually cheaper to use a ride share amongst each other than to use your own car based on the current fuel pricing and then we're not even taking into account the cost of actually running the vehicle beyond the fuel price so there's a lot of factors to take into consideration but I think also we're at a point in in history here where South Africans are starting to realize like maybe Europe is not so far off the plan here which is we need a really good public transport infrastructure because that is something that's really lacking in this country and I think this is something we need to start pressing harder for you know it's all great that we've got taxis running around and we've got all this sort of dismantled um, infrastructure but we need to start talking about a really good rail infrastructure we need to start talking about bringing in infrastructure like the my city buses in Cape Town that make it for every city in the country accessible for people to use public transport. So, you know, I think these are conversations that we also need to start having because this fuel price, the problem might be gone tomorrow or next year or the year after, but it's going to come back again. So there's one more thing I've, I've been seeing people doing is um, I heard about this actually because I don't live in Cape Town anymore. But apparently what a lot of people are doing, traffic is very congested these days. It's slower. And the reason behind that is people drive slower now because, well, they believe that it's going to save them on fuel. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. Maybe that's a great study that you can do for a TikTok video. But uh, maybe you've got some, some. Well, I can confirm it. If you If you drive at 120 and then you go at 100, you're consuming 20% less fuel. Wow, okay. So it does actually make a difference. Absolutely. I've actually gone and done the study on it, and I am going to be releasing a TikTok video on it. Okay, so on that note, guys, if you want to see those petrol videos, Justin breaks down the math for you, and he explains exactly how much a liter of petrol should cost and how much tax the government gets. Not only that, but he's got a lot of appliances that he actually tests. So if you are curious about how much your appliances actually use in electricity and how to save on electricity go to tiktok.com and type in justin harrison you will see the bold guy there what's the money tribe 21 money tribe 21 and you can follow him on tiktok and then you can get access to all of that videos aside from that you can also follow us on our social channels all the links is on globalmoneyacademy.com you've been listening to the money podcast to get access to our future episodes Please subscribe to our podcast via your podcast app and be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Global Money Academy.